0: Good day Crime Talk aficionados, thanks for watching. My name is Scott Reich and this is Crime Talk. A quick preview of today's docket. The Oxford school shooter pleads guilty, including to a rare terrorism count. As a new trial starts, here's where the cases over George Floyd's murder stand. Judge orders a new trial for a woman convicted of felony murder of infant twins. Wait until you hear why. Washington state. A woman escaped after her estranged husband buried her in a murder attempt and a Texas abuser sentenced for strangling his wife to death after complaining she didn't complete her wifely duties. Wait till you hear this. And then finally, on a lighter side, our dumb criminal of the day. Let's talk about it. Good day, Crime Talk aficionados. Thanks for watching. First, you may notice, yes, I'm not in a suit today. No court. And I have to do something this afternoon. So we went casual. Yes. Next, you know the drill. Subscribe if you haven't. Like the video if you do. Hit that little bell for notifications. Leave me a comment below. And as always, you can listen to us anytime on any of your favorite podcasting apps. Now, Today, before we get to the docket, let's talk about a couple of things. A theme that develops throughout uh, today's show would probably be that um, men are dangerous and women need to be aware. Yes, you do. So that's why if you're going to meet somebody new, maybe there's someone you're just not sure about. Maybe there's something about the neighbors. Maybe you have friends and or maybe you have a child and you want to check out who his parents are. Maybe you just not getting that warm, fuzzy feeling. What do you do? You go to crimetalksearch.com, and when you do that, you can sign up for a background subscription service where literally, while you wait, a background report is generated, and it's gonna have information regarding criminal history, whether somebody's had to register as a sex offender, whether somebody's, I don't know, married, divorced, have they filed for bankruptcy, all the things that you want and need to know when you're gonna bring somebody new into your life. So go to crimetalksearch.com and get your background subscription service. I'm telling you, you can use this as many times as you want. No one's ever gonna know that you're running a background search on them and it is going to give you peace of mind. Sometimes we've had lots of people say us, hey, you would not believe what showed up on this guy that I just met and I broke it off. Other people say it gave me peace of mind that everything came back clean, no issues. Go get it for your peace of mind, crimetalksearch.com. All right, first on the docket today, remember that Oxford school shooter? That's right, well, he pled guilty this morning, including to a rare terrorism count. The kid's name, Ethan Crumley, was 15 when he uh, went to the Oxford, Michigan High School and he's been charged as an adult with one count of terrorism causing death, four counts of first degree murder, seven counts of assault with intent to uh, murder, and 12 counts of possession of a firearm. Now, news of his plan to plead guilty emerged last Friday, uh, nearly 10 months after his lawyer said in court filings that they were going to pursue, guess what, that's right, an insanity defense. Didn't exactly turn out that way. Anyway, Crumley's guilty plea to even one count of first-degree murder could lead him to spending the rest of his life in prison. Now, the November 30th uh, shooting prompted extraordinary charges, a state-level domestic terrorism count against uh, Mr. Crumley, and involuntary manslaughter charges against his parents who bought him the gun that he used in the attack. Now, the Crumley's case is notable for the fact that most defendants in school uh, shooting cases never make it to trial and state terrorism charges represents a relatively novel approach to prosecuting a mass shooting. Now, last year, the Oakland County prosecutor Karen McDonnell explained that her decision to bring the terrorism charges against Crumley was a way to address the victims and their families who may have survived the shooting but whose lives will be permanently altered. Now, Crumley's plea means he could be compelled to testify at his parents' trial if he's subpoenaed, and he wouldn't, have the ability then to invoke his Fifth Amendment rights against self-incrimination because he's pled guilty. Now, as you may recall, James and Jennifer Crumley last year were charged with four counts of involuntary manslaughter, another relatively rare move in which prosecutors sought to spread liability for this mass shooting to the parents. Investigators said that the Crumleys purchased the firearm for their son as a gift and allegedly did not intervene when he showed signs of distress. After the shooting, prosecutors revealed that the Oxford High School teacher had raised concern about Ethan Crumley to his parents up to the day of the shooting when they summoned the family to school for the meeting. On the day of the shooting, a teacher found a drawing of a semi-automatic weapon with a written note, quote, the thoughts won't stop. Help me. James and Jennifer Crumley met with the school administrators that morning, but refused to take their son home, allowing him to return to class. Hours later, when the news of the shooting broke out, Jennifer Crumley texted her son, Ethan, don't do it. The couple, who have pled not guilty, uh, tried in July to have their case thrown out, arguing that they never should have been charged because their son is the sole person responsible for the killings. Well, that trial was set to begin Monday, but was postponed over apparent challenges from the defense to the expert testimony that may be allowed at the trial. So no new date has yet been set. Next on the docket, as a new trial starts, here's where the cases over George Floyd's murders stand. Today, a jury trial will begin in Minnesota District Court for former officers Tao Tao and J. Alexander Koenig. Tao and Koenig have pled not guilty to state charges of aiding and abetting the uh, murder and uh, manslaughter of Mr. George Floyd. Now, while Chauvin pinned down Floyd with a knee to the back, Koenig knelt on Floyd's back. Tao prevented bystanders from intervening. Both Tao and Koenig rejected plea deals that would have required them to plead guilty and receive a sentence of 36 months. Tao said it would be a lie and a sin for him to plead guilty. Koenig's attorney said his client would have accepted a sentence of 24 months, but the state rejected that offer. The presumptive sentence if they are found guilty of the charges are 150 months for aiding and abetting murder and 48 months for aiding and abetting manslaughter. The two have already been convicted and sentenced in federal court. In July, Tao was sentenced to serve 42 months in prison and Koenig was sentenced to serve 36 months in prison. Both men were found guilty of depriving Floyd of his constitutional right to be free, from an officer's unreasonable force when each willfully failed to intervene to stop Chauvin's use of unreasonable force. Both began serving their federal sentences earlier this month. Tao is at the facility in Lexington, Kentucky, and Koenig at the prison in Lisbon, Ohio. Now, Thomas Lane was sentenced last month to three years in prison after pleading guilty to a state charge of aiding and abetting manslaughter in Floyd's killing. He held Floyd's leg while Chauvin pinned Floyd's neck. Lane was already serving two and a half years for violating Floyd's civil rights, a federal charge. A plea deal will allow Lane to concurrently serve the federal and state sentences. So these two former officers are taking a big gamble and are probably going to get a lot greater sentence, a much greater sentence, if they go to trial and they lose. Now, since they've already lost and everybody else has pled guilty and lost, It's not looking good for them, but you never know what will happen at trial. Obviously, a little bit of time has gone by, over a year since the George Floyd case. But that was a good uh, trial that should have been televised because it let people see what took place and there was no summaries being given. You got to see it for yourself. And if you didn't like the verdict, all you had to do was watch the trial in its entirety and you can see how the jury came to that conclusion. Next, a woman gets a new trial for the killing of her newborn twins back in 2011. And wait till you hear the reason why. It's kind of my little pet peeve out there. So nine years after she was convicted of killing her newborn twins, Lindsay Lowe returned to Sumner County asking for a new trial. She and her attorney argued that Lindsay had poor legal representation at her first trial, and that at least one juror was biased against her. That's right, the jury issue. In light of the judge ordering a new trial, Lowe will be released from prison on bond. She has already served nine years of a 56-year sentence. Now, the criminal court judge, D. Gay, presided over Lowe's original trial in 2013 in Sumner County, Tennessee. This was a very high-profile case, one that shocked Middle Tennessee and received national news coverage. After several days of testimony, the jury decided Lowe smothered her newborn twins to death after giving birth in a bathroom. But now, in a stunning development, Judge Gay has ordered a new trial for Ms. Lowe. Why, you may ask? The judge determined a juror with an agenda against Lowe was untruthful to get onto the jury and possibly influence the verdict. In the written order, Judge Gay wrote, juror number 17 was untruthful and possibly lied outright about her preconceived opinion concerning the petitioner, the defendant. That is something that is not dismissed from the mind easily. The court has concluded from the evidence that juror number 17 either lied or concealed her opinion to carry that opinion into the jury trial. The possibility of prejudice cannot be ignored under these circumstances, especially in the case where the petitioner is serving two life sentences. As a result, the petitioner's right to a trial by a fair and impartial jury was significantly impaired. Therefore, the court grants the defendant's request for post-conviction relief on the issue and orders a new trial." Judge Gay ordered a new trial because of evidence that a juror wanted the defendant found guilty. In the order it says, quote, the order is suggesting the court is granted a new trial for her based upon the constitutional concerns the court has for the juror not giving a truthful answer and contaminating the process. Now, how many cases since we've been together here on Crime Talk has this come up? It's the issue in the Scott Peterson case where he was sentenced to death, into life and now there's issue of whether he gets a new trial. Why? Because of juror misconduct. We had juror misconduct issues on the George Floyd case. We had issues of juror misconduct in the Ghislaine Maxwell case. And until and if judges start granting new trials and maybe jurors being held in contempt for not being truthful and honest in their opinions, Um, This is going to continue. And so um, this is a turn in a right direction. Now, obviously this woman, she'll more than likely be found guilty again. You just never know because there were 11 other jurors, but it only takes one fellow juror lying to get on there or having some preconceived notion of what they wanted to do. And obviously there was enough credible evidence for the judge to uh, come forward with that. Yes, it's inconvenient. Yes, it's prejudicial to the state, but everybody needs to understand a fair and impartial jury means that you have jurors that have not made up their mind. They may know something about the case, but they're willing to listen to the evidence, reserve judgment until all the evidence has been submitted, and then they have to follow the court's instructions and apply the facts to the law. And if they are not convinced beyond a reasonable doubt, so solemn oath and obligation to say not guilty. But what if somebody's already made their mind up and they just want to convict somebody or maybe write a book later? think that's pretty good evidence that they'd already made their minds up. Anyway, interesting issue of the day. And uh, this is what happens when jurors lie. All right. Here is a scary case about, um, I don't know, a woman. That's right. Uh, being allegedly stabbed and then buried in an attempted murder by her husband. Listen to this. So a Washington state man is accused of trying to murder his estranged wife by allegedly stabbing her and then burying her in the woods. Now, I'm probably gonna mispronounce this, but it's Che Kong An. C-H-A-E-K-Y-O-N-G-A-N. Well, he was denied bond in a hearing on Wednesday and detectives said that they found a hole where he buried his wife. It was apparently 65 inches long, 30 inches wide, and 19 inches deep. The police also said there was loose dirt, duct tape, and hair consistent with the woman's, but there was no body. The wife, speaking to investigators in several interviews, said she escaped after her husband put her in the hole, placed a heavy tree on her, and then threw dirt on her. The judge approved the state's request that Mr and uh, get no bail. Could call. Now we'll give him the presumption of innocence. I'm just saying, pretty serious allegations. The court stated the declaration of probable cause laid out a really horrific situation in which the defendant dug a grave, placed his estranged wife in that grave and told her that he was going to kill her after he had finally attacked her and kidnapped her. The police previously named the wife Uh, when she was missing, and they uh, said that uh, she's 42 years old. Now, according to the police and the arrest affidavit, the wife said she returned home from church on Sunday to find her estranged husband there. She said she sent her children away. She and the estranged husband talked about their pending divorce, but the uh, husband, Mr. Ann, allegedly said he would rather kill her than to give her his retirement money. He allegedly tied her up with duct tape, eyes, thighs, and ankles as well as her hands behind her back, but she was able to call 911 using her Apple Watch and sent an emergency alert to trusted contacts, including her eldest child. Though dispatch could not make out what was happening on the call because she was gagged, they did track the call location, and authorities arrived at her home. Mr. Ann had already allegedly Uh, left the home with the wife uh, who was captive in a van. He also allegedly stabbed her about the chest with a small knife multiple times. In the meantime, the state patrol made an endangered missing persons advisory. Nonetheless, the wife was able to flee after the burial uh, and wound up at home where the residents called 911 and a responding uh, deputy encountered her early Monday morning. She said, quote, my husband is trying to kill me. She said in the affidavit, charges include first-degree attempted murder, first-degree kidnapping, and domestic violence. Crazy. Crazy. And along those themes, let's meet the other guy who's not going to get any Husband of the Year awards, because he's going to prison, because he didn't think his wife did her wifely duties. That's right. Unbelievable. So, this 61-year-old serial abuser in Texas will spend the rest of his life behind bars for violently killing his 40-year-old wife inside their home. Now, a Tarrant County jury on Friday found Victor Baxter guilty of one count of murder in the 2019 death of Mary Baxter. Now, just hours after uh, convicting Baxter on the murder charge, the jury subsequently sentenced him to a term of life in prison. Now, officers with the North Richland Hills Police Department Um, were contacted at approximately 1.30 a.m. on March 11, 2019, responding to a 911 call. The call came from inside the home just before 1 a.m. and that the caller reported that an adult woman was in distress. Well, Mary was reportedly pronounced deceased a short time after authorities arrived on the scene. Police initially said there was no foul play uh, as it relates to Mary's death. However, the Tarrant County Medical Examiner's Office ruled that Mary's manner of death was a homicide and the cause of death was determined to be asphyxia by strangulation. Now, Baxter apparently has quite a history of physically, mentally, and emotionally abusing Mary and several other women stretching back for decades. For example, Mary in March of 2018 reportedly went to a doctor's office where a nurse questioned her about a series of injuries including cuts, bruises, and a broken thumb. The following day, Mary filed a police report in which she claimed that Baxter was physically abusing her and forcing her to begin a massage business in their home and was uh, being forced to perform sexual acts on clients for money. Mary had also reportedly planned to leave Baxter and deposited money in a separate bank account to fund her effort to leave. However, Mr. Baxter reportedly discovered the separate account and transferred every dollar into his own personal account. Then in June of 2018, Baxter reportedly became upset with Mary for not completing wifely duties, taking her wedding ring from her and placing it in a safe that she could not access. Then in February, 2019, he reportedly hit Mary multiple times, bruising her left eye and right cheek. The following month, Baxter reportedly assaulted her again After the assault, he told her to put ice on her injuries, cover them up with makeup, and come up with a lie to tell people. Then in March of 2019, the day before she died, Mary Baxter went to a pet store with a hat and sunglasses on to cover up her two black eyes. That day, Mary reportedly adopted a cat, which Baxter later made her return. That evening, Baxter was again physically and emotionally abusive towards Mary. It's reported that he said, quote, I am super pissed at you. There's no love in me for you. Keep your wedding band off. That's what he reportedly told her. The next day, she was found dead. Real nice guy. Remember what I talked about, ladies and gentlemen? got to check these people out. If you're dating somebody new, I'm telling you, it is dating malpractice if you do not do a background check on somebody. This guy had a history of abuse. I know you can't call up all the old girlfriends, but... I don't know, starting to notice a pattern, older guy, younger woman, controlling, just saying. Well, hey, how about something on a lighter note, perhaps? Our dumb criminal of the day? Meet Crystal Denham. She was sentenced last week in a circuit court in connection with an assault last year of Michael Barton, who police identified as Miss Denham's cousin and also a neighbor. Police were dispatched to Denham's home after she called 911 to report that she had stabbed Mr. Barton. When police arrived at the residence, Mrs. Denham was sweeping the porch. Now Denham told police that uh, Mr. Barton had come to her home and they had gotten into an argument over a sex toy. Denham apparently had borrowed the item and Mr. Barton wanted it back. Now the sex toy is not uh, described uh, in the court records, but I don't know. I didn't know people shared those kinds of things. Just call me naive. Well, apparently after telling Mr. Barton to leave her property, um, he uh, grabbed her by the elbow. Denham reportedly told the police that she used the kitchen knife in her hand to stab him, but she didn't think she even drew blood. When police uh, contacted Barton at his residence, he had three minor cuts to his arm, armpit, and back. Now, uh, Barton confirmed that the pair had gotten into the argument over the sex toy, adding that he went to leave uh, when uh, Denham began acting crazy. At that point, Denham stabbed him, who declined EM, and he also declined EMS treatment. Following her arrest for felony assault and several misdemeanor counts, Denham was booked into the Whitley County Detention Center. She spent eight months in custody before being able to post the $10,000 bond in late June. And now she's going back to jail. I guess what I say a lot of times, ladies and gentlemen, you know, like when they have those road rate incidents, apparently we need to add the, when people come asking for their sex toys back, let it go. Let them have it. Let it go. Just saying. All right. Thanks for watching. Have a wonderful day. And we'll see you next time on Crime Talk.